Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. I'm Phoenix. And today we are reviewing the 1996 comedy horror, The Frighteners. Uh, it's directed by Peter Jackson, stars Michael J. Fox, Trini Alvarado, and Jeffrey Combs and Dee Wallace. After a tragic accident, Frank Bannister uses his new psychic powers to con people into exercising their houses. But when an evil spirit appears, Frank may be the only one who can stop this reaper that can kill both the living and dead. All right, let's get it. Okay, so it's been, uh, it's been a while since we recorded. Uh, I know we released that Michael Jackson uh, podcast, but we did actually record it the same night as we did Wedding Singer. Um, since then, we've watched a couple movies, right? Yeah, a few, I think. Well, we watched Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I highly recommend it. I, I liked it, too. I, I really did. Yeah, so we went to go watch that for Phoenix's 14th birthday. Happy belated birthday. Yeah. High five. Down low. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, Phoenix decided to watch uh, Edge of Tomorrow on his 14th birthday. He chose that over Transformers Age of Extinction. Um, I, I really didn't want to watch that. So, some of you may agree with me and be like, yeah, he, the kid picked the right choice. But, you know, I just wasn't a big fan of the first three movies. Yeah, you know, and from what we've heard from other people or, you know, some of the things that we've kind of read, sounds like, you know, you made the right decision, too. So, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, if you guys like Groundhog's Day, well, it's a sci-fi version of it. So, again, we both recommend it. Go check it out. Do you, uh, did you watch anything else recently? That's probably it, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be the movie theater. Um, you did get some new games. Any worth mentioning? Oh, Watch Dogs. You guys, if you have an Xbox One or 360 or PS4 or PS3, any attempts for those game stations, you should definitely get this game if you don't have it. It's pretty fun. If you're into technology or cars, it's definitely a good game to get. Okay, and we know that you just turned 14, but you've played a little bit already. How old do you think people should be to, in order to play this? It, it is rated mature. This game? Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean, how how does it fare against uh, Grand Theft Auto right now? Oh, um, well, it's definitely a lot more clean. Yeah, a little bit more clean, but it's it's still dirty in its own ways. Uh, there's not much nudity in it, as far as I've seen. But I've just started this game. Um, not the graph, the violence in it's not too bad, but. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto is definitely a lot much more worse. Okay. Well, and uh, it's no surprise that uh, some of the movies that I've let you watch are, you know, rated R. And so you think this would be okay for younger teens, this this game, Watch Dogs? Yeah, it'd be a mild PG-13 movie. Okay, fair enough. Um, any other, Anything else worth mentioning? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, let's do what we usually do. We go over the parents' guide. Uh, there is no nudity in this movie. Um, there is a scene of... It's nothing bad, really. I, I don't know. It's uh, there, There's uh, some, uh, some humpage in, in this movie. Very, very mild. Uh, I don't know if you remember what nope, I'm talking I about. Don't. That's okay. See? So, very brief. <laughs> Um, the violence and gore, it is, I wouldn't say pretty violent, but it's, uh, some of the scenes can be kind of graphic. 
Uh, it is um, there's some jump scares in it. It I wouldn't if if you are easily scared, this is this is probably borderline. I think this is still okay for those that are easily scared. Um, it's a it's a good movie. You know, I it, it's it's kind of classified as a horror. But it's not your typical horror where you know it's not a slasher flick, a flick or anything like that. It's it's really a, a whodunit. I don't know if we mentioned it on the last podcast, but we, we you and I discussed this, and you kind of said, "Oh, like Scream, right?" Was, yeah, that yeah. was on the podcast. That okay, was yeah. So you know, yeah, kind of like Scream, you know, something like that. Uh, Scream, I would call it more of a thriller, even though yes, it is a horror movie. Um, but anyway, uh, language there is language isn't so bad. Um, there, let me see. They say the, I don't. The F word is mouthed, so not really said out loud. And there's some other mild language, uh, no drug usage or anything like that. So really, this movie is rated R for the intense scenes and um, violence and gore. Uh, again, this movie is directed by Peter Jackson. He also produced, but executive producer is Robert Zemeckis. Um, the Lead actor, Michael J. Fox. Do you know this guy? Of course I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, Trini Alvarado, again, is uh, the... Uh, hmm, I don't want to say too much because it's it could be spoiler. Well, I mean, we're going to spoil this movie anyway, but because of the type of movie, I don't want to re- reveal too much. Of course. Yeah, so we'll kind of... I think we'll just leave it at that. Now, this movie, again, it is executive produced by Robert Zemeckis. He actually recommended Michael J. Fox uh, for this role, uh, who ended up obviously starring in this role. So before when I watched this movie, um, I kind of knew that uh, there is this one scene where... Michael J. Fox's character, Frank Bannister, he's wearing uh, kind of a red T-shirt. I forget what kind of pants he wears, but it kind of resembles what he's wearing from Back to the Future 2. Now, re-watching this with you, I had that in mind, and I think I was kind of looking for some of these other, you know, not quite references, but there, there are some things that kind of... You know, made me think Back to the Future. I don't know what you would call that. But I know some of the things I was kind of looking for. And so when I'm discussing some of these scenes, I'm going to point out some similarities to uh, something from the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, Some of it I might be reaching a little bit. And, you know, you be the judge of that, uh, Phoenix. You you tell me whether or not I'm kind of reaching. But there were some some things, you know, probably just a handful. So it's not like all over the movie. Uh, But with Robert Zemeckis being executive producer and then you got the star of the the trilogy, um, I, I think there were some things you know, put into this movie, um, you know, as an homage kind of kind of thing, really. Okay, so uh, let's see. The movie starts out with an opening sequence. Okay, uh, you got this old lady who's uh, Mrs. Bradley and uh, and another lady, her daughter Patricia. Patricia is being chased by a ghost and is climbing in the walls and on the floors. And so when it comes out, it's it's still attached to the wall and the floors. So you see this uh, this ghostly figure. So she's kind of being chased around by what we assume is her house. 
and then we get the the opening credits of the frighteners this is when you see the the, the title of the movie what did you think of this uh this opening scene i thought it was a little um a little creepy but the ghost in the wall that just popped out it, it reminded me of like um say you have a kid and they go under your bed sheets and all of a sudden they pop up but they're not they're still covered right it's it's kind of like th- that's what it kind of reminded me of yeah just uh yeah um bed sheets you know yeah. the uh, as ghosts kind of like et oh man that movie creeped me out yeah, uh, but this opening scene it does kind of set the mood, right? It's kind of creepy, and the music off the bat. I didn't know this until I saw the credits, but when I heard the music, I was like, hey, "This kind of sounds a little bit like Danny Elfman." And sure enough, during the credits, it shows that Danny Elfman did the score. And then the next scene, we get uh, we meet Miss Reese Jones and Steve, who work for this uh, local uh, gazette. And Miss Reese Jones, she is telling Steve uh, that his current article isn't quite what she was looking for. It was about a death uh, of a local man, and she she wants him to spice it up a little bit, you know, uh, to get you know possibly quotes from family members or whatever. So she has him go to the cemetery, and now you have Steve at the uh, at the funeral of this of this man and Michael J Fox is there uh who plays Frank Bannister he's out there handing business cards to the people at the funeral and he is a psychic investigator so he hands out these cards and somebody i forgot who it is but somebody kind of shoes him away you know it's, because it's one of the people there i think just yeah. i mean i mean i know it's one of the people there i mean it's just a uh, how do i phrase it just one of the attendees, just a friend. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's obviously rude. This guy's yeah. here on business while everyone's uh, kind of mourning for the death of a loved one. So he's out there handing out business cards, you know, saying that he's a psychic investigator. Um, but, yeah, a- after he is being shooed away, he kind of just throws his cards up and uh, uh, he hops into his uh, yellow buggy, uh, which kind of reminded me of the one from uh, Karate Kid, the original one. Uh, so... You see him kind of dr- driving a little reckless, right? He, he's yeah. kind of uh, swerving, and um, he, I, I think he drops his cards. They were on the seat or something, and they uh-huh. fell onto the floor. And I'm not sure why, but he decides to go ahead and you know bend over and pick them up while he's driving. So when when he looks up, he has to swerve because there's a, a, a car coming his way, and then he uh, kind of crashes in. You know, through this fence into this guy's yard and runs over one of his gnomes. So this guy comes out. Uh, his name is Ray, Ray Linsky. Linsky. Uh, it's played by Peter Dobson, um, and he comes out and he is ticked. And you know, Michael J. F- or Frank Bannister uh, ran not only just ran through his fence. You know, pick a white fence. He also. Uh, Actually, I don't think he actually uh, ran over a gnome at this point. I think he only knocked one over. Yeah, he only knocked it over, right. and then it's just laying there on the ground. Yeah. So, you know, Frank is trying to calm him down. He's like, "Look, hey, just send me the, you know, send me the bill." And he hands him his card, and the guy's like, "You, you, you, a psychic? Why didn't you see the turn coming?" And uh, you know all this, and so, so Frank leaves, and he reverses out of the yard and because of the way the guy reacted uh ray uh 
Frank kind of maneuvers his back wheel so that way when he backs out, he runs over one of the known, which, you know, pisses off Ray. This 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 kind of reminds me of Biff from Back to the Future for some reason. Like, uh, his his voice when the gnome got ran over. I can see it's that. Like, it's like the, uh, when his car... It's a little high. Low, yeah. Yeah. Like, my car or yeah. Gonzo. Right, right. His uh, mannerisms or yeah, his... Something uh, like that. Yeah, so I, I can kind of see that. Um, so what, what should we call these things? Um, so we'll call that the Zemeckis effect, you know, perhaps, uh, Zemeckis being on the, uh, uh, you know, being an executive producer, there, there's all these little things. So, uh, Peter Jackson, you know, directed this movie. Of course, a lot of us, we know him from doing King Kong and, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the first two Hobbits He's working on the third one. So this is actually the movie, um, he did last prior to going into doing Lord of the Rings. So I think with, uh, Zemeckis effect is probably going to get old, but we'll just we'll see how it goes. But uh, perhaps um, Z effect. Z effect. Uh, I like that one. Kind of a, a better ring to it. And so the next scene, we we go back to the Bradley house. Uh, uh, Doctor Linsky arrives, and she, her what's her first name? Oh, uh, Lucy. Lucy. Uh, Doctor Lucy Linsky. Uh, so she goes because I think she was called um, Patricia apparently needs stitches mm -hmm. and she's not the regular uh, she's not the regular care provider. So Mrs. Bradley is kind of, you know, very suspicious. You know, why are you here? I know everybody. I don't know you kind of thing. Um, but Patricia needs the stitches. And Dr. Linsky, uh, Su Susie, what, what's her name again? Lucy? Uh, Lucy. Lucy. Uh, gosh, I don't know why I keep forgetting. Uh, Lucy says that she probably needs to go see the hospital, but Mrs. Bradley says that Patricia never leaves the house. And then uh, at this point, uh, Dr. Lucy, she notices that there's some bruises on Patricia's neck. So she kind of thinks that uh, Mrs. Bradley is, you know, abusing Patricia because she, I forgot what she said. It, you know, it, it's one of those stories when... You know, you see in like TV shows or movies where, uh, you know, let, let's say a an, uh, an abusive husband, you know, alcoholic husband, you know, um, hit his wife and then like the friend will see a bruise and then she'll give the story. Oh, you know, I was uh, putting away the dishes and I slipped on the floor and I, I hit whatever. So uh, Mrs. Bradley, she gives a story similar to that. I, I forget the actual story, but that leaves uh, Lucy very suspicious. Um, and then we cut to a black and white um, film of a, you know a serial killer by the name of Johnny Bartlett, and the footage also also shows a young Patricia. And then we see that it's uh, Lucy that's actually watching this. And as she's watching this, we get Ray doing sit-ups, and he comes into the shot. So, so this is when we find out that they are actually together as a couple. Um, I actually I said Ray uh, Linsky earlier, so you probably figured that they were already together. But this is, uh, you know, it was a kind, it was kind of a, a minor reveal. Uh, but in this video, Lucy she finds out that uh, Patricia was, you know, young and she was in love with Johnny Bartlett and he was just this guy who went crazy and kind of went on a, a killing spree. Was there anything else that was in the video? I mean, it was, it was just more backstory of uh, Johnny Bartlett, really. It was, uh, the announcer said Patricia Bar uh, 
Patricia Bradley. Patricia Bradley still lives in the old family mansion, and it's never been confirmed if she was helping the killer in any way. Right. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. So Ray's working out, and, you know, they, they turn off... They turn off the TV, and they're kind of just talking, and, you know, Ray just seems disinterested in his wife. You know, that, that's the way he comes off. What do you think about this character, Ray? He doesn't seem too disinterested. I mean, he was, he paid attention. Yeah, but what do you think about his character? Um, it wasn't too bad. Not until later when they're eating. Yeah, on on a on a uh, on a douche scale, is he like Glenn or Daryl? Oh, Daryl. <laughs> he's more like Daryl, this guy. Well, Glenn is not a douche, is he? No, he's not. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn cheated on Julia. From Wedding Singer. I thought you were talking about Walking Dead. Okay. Oh no, we haven't discussed Walking Dead <laughs> on the podcast. No, right. uh, yeah, no, Glenn, Glenn from Walking Dead is pretty cool. We, <laughs> we support Glenn. Glenn and Daryl, so I'm thinking, you know, Walking Oh, Dead. you're right. They are in the same show, aren't they? Yeah. No, well, because the two douchebags that we've talked about so far on the on the show have been uh, Daryl from Coming to America and uh, Glenn from Wedding Singer. Well, Glenn cheated on Julia, so, and uh, wasn't too interested in her, but uh, Ray here, he's interested in her. Well, they're married. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but he hasn't cheated on her. No. So I'm going to have to say Daryl is fun. I, I think he's more like Daryl. And, and, you know, it'll come up a little bit later on uh, in the movie here. Did you figure out if... Uh, uh, no, I No, not, not yet? Okay. Um, so... The, the psychiatric hospital was, uh, was what they were killing in. Mm. But uh, she had a death penalty... But she escaped it due to her because, underage status. Right, because she was a minor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Ray finds Frank Bannister's uh, business card on the bed. And he's like, oh, how did this get here? And then at the same time, things just start floating around the house. Mm-hmm. At one point, a floating or a Elvis Presley statue starts floating. Now, here is your Z effect. Uh, Ray Linsky, the guy who plays him, played a young Elvis Presley in Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis directed Facts of Future. Boom! Z effect. That's a huge Z effect. Yeah, that's a, it's a big one. Uh, but I I, uh, I knew there was a tie there somewhere. I actually had to look it up. But I, I, I knew there was a tie with him and Elvis Presley, and I looked it up and go, oh, yeah, he was in Forrest Gump. Um, so... But anyway, so everything starts floating. The, the bed starts levitating. And, you know, Lucy's on it. Uh, everything's flying around. And, and she's like, you know, we, we need to do something quick. You know, and Ray's like, oh, call the cops. And she's like, you know, we, we need an, you know, an exorcist. And um, Ray's like, well, you know, no, everything's fine. There's probably a perfect logical reason for this. And then, boom, he gets conked, clonked in the head with a uh, frying pan. And everything in the kitchen is just, like, exploded into flying yeah, yeah, a bunch of things are flying. And then, so, then we uh, cut to Frank answering his phone and saying that he'll be there. So when he shows up, he actually dri- he drives through the other side of the fence and uh, and runs over the garden gnomes again. He tells them that uh, basically everything he's going to do is going to cost him about 450 bucks, Or they can forget the damages to the fence, which Lucy, you know, she kind of tells Ray, yeah, do it. And, and he agrees. 
So Frank pulls out a contraption, basically like a microwave toaster looking kind of thing. And he pulls out a gun, starts shooting or well, he's holding a gun. Lucy reacts to it and he's like, oh, it's, it's holy water. So he's walking around while his little microwave thing is kind of like, you know, uh, just kind of humming and and Ray's like rolling his eyes. And then Frank is, you know, just shooting holy water around the kitchen and then his little microwave thing disposes a little baggie. Apparently, it's got a ghost in it. So he's holding this baggie and it's, you know, kind of shaking, whatever, which he could be doing on his own. Mm-hmm. And then he tosses it in the garbage disposal, turns it on, and says, oh, they can't feel a thing. Um, so Ray is just kind of ticked off because he knows that this is a con. Uh, oh, see, that's another thing we, we didn't bring up, the the whole Gazette thing with uh, uh, Miss Reese Jones. She... she uh, I, don't, well, I don't think it comes up yet, but it's kind of known that he's a con man. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's revealed yet, but we know, right? Yeah. And um, what about that first scene at the uh, at that first funeral? Did something come up then? I don't remember. Uh, or... The uh, photographer took pictures of him while he was trying to... Ah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so Ray kicks him out of the house... And at this point, Ray has a glowing number 37 on his head, right? Frank says some... Oh, I forget what he says. He says, why is there a number glowing on your forehead? Okay. And then... Uh, but but he is escorted out mm-hmm. at, at this point. And so as he is escorted out, Ray shuts the door and they start walking. And then you see that figure from the opening sequence, you know, come out of the wall a little bit. And then it, it cuts. Um, but Frank gets home, and then we get to meet Stuart and Cyrus, two ghosts. Uh, apparently, these guys live with them. They actually help him pull off these cons, right? So they go into people's houses. They, they kind of spook them, make things float around, leave a card. That way, these people call Frank up to come and get rid of them. So they help him, you know, m- make the money that way. At first, when they were coming out of his trunk, I thought they were kind of... Uh unwanted ghosts that escaped the house or something that he might have actually been trying to exercise the house but then i realized after he started talking with them that they really were living with him mm. oh i see what you're saying i i, I thought mm. i thought you were trying to um explain how you think they they st- started coming around with him oh no no yeah i have thoughts on that and i'll bring that up later uh but how how would you describe these two uh, Stuart and Cyrus. Uh, I think Stuart would be considered as a geek, and Cyrus would be um, uh, that black hipster. Uh, well, I wouldn't say hipster. Hipster is a little bit more modern terms. Um, I actually hippie. 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 Uh, well, he's from he's from the seventies. That's why he has that fro. But I actually looked it up, and it says that Cyrus was like a seventies gangster. Huh. Uh, which which I don't get that at all. Because his clothes were kind of funny. Uh, they're well, like they're like those roller skating Saturday Night Live clothes. See, I, I just thought it was like a regular suit, really, you know. And he had a fro, and I, so I just thought he was just some guy from the seventies. But apparently, he's a seventies gangster. Mm-hmm. But Stewart is kind of you know you're right. He's kind of a geek. Uh, he looks like a soch, right, from from the fifties. Oh yeah. So I mean, that'd be a good uh, uh, explanation there. Yeah. But so they come home, you know, they talk a little bit. And then uh, Frank, you know, he brings up, uh, you know, the, the number 37 and it says it wasn't funny. 
and you know they, they, they're talking to him they said that they've been around five years uh, actually well this is the next day you know they said uh, they've been around five years so five years is kind of a uh, a key time frame right here um, but then we meet judge and his dog a judge is a a cowboy yeah. <laughs> uh, from the 1800s, uh, perhaps 1885. We don't know for sure. Okay, that that would be a, a Z effect right there if that's true. But yeah, this guy's just old. He's he's rotten. You know, his jaws yeah. his jaws all you know uh, dislocated. And well, the dog had his jaw first off. The ghost dog. Yeah, the ghost dog. And um, but yeah, he he's shooting after the dog because the dog's got his jaw. So th- this is how we meet Judge. Uh, what do you think of this guy? I thought he was kind of the doc in his in Frank Bannister's life because it's it's actually known that uh, during filming Michael J. Fox called this guy Doc and messing up his lines many times. Yes, and I will actually play a clip. We were doing this scene with uh, with uh, the judge, and and I was supposed to call out to him, and I just kept saying Doc from from Back to the Future. It was like some weird out of body thing. <laughs> Cooking the Pony Express, huh, Doc? Whoa! I call him Doc. It's fucking back. <laughs> and I just go, Doc, I'm Judge. Shit. Hey, boys! Free up! Doc! Doc, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, so when I watched that, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I wouldn't. I see what you're saying. You know, he's the o- older guy. He, he came to him, or he has advice. Uh, he does. Yeah, he has advice for yeah. him. He kind of protects him. Yeah, later he in does. The movie. Yep. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I'll, I'll give you that. It's a little reaching, but I'll give you that. Yeah, judge is uh, saying that he's getting too old. Says that uh, frightening is a young man's game. So he's just he doesn't think that he can continue on with this. Uh, but Frank's looking through the obituary, and Judge is just telling him to give it up. You know, he needs to finish the house, and, you know, he says that uh, Judge tells him that he never finishes anything. And then we cut to Stuart and Cyrus outside of another house, and they are apparently staging another con. So they go inside, there's a baby in there, and there's like a maid, uh, I think she was like cleaning up or something like that. She was watching him, and then the... What's it called? The mother comes in. She's like, hey, clean this up. We have visitors or something. Chop, yeah. chop, chop. Yeah, so this baby uh, is the three-month-old? Three-year-old. Three-year... Mm. Wait, which one? The one in the little bouncy thingy? Yeah. Oh, that's like three months old, I think, then. No, that's too small. Uh, well, however old this baby is, it is the baby of Peter Jackson. Oh. So, play, oh okay. plays the baby. Okay, so they do what they do, make things float, and they even take the baby and have the baby start flying around. You know, uh, the maid starts freaking out, and she gets the mom, whatever. And again, we cut to Frank answering the uh, answering a call, said that he's going to be there. I would wonder why he's not already ready while he knows his ghosts are already out doing something. Because right now, he's just in the middle of eating. This is true. Um, I see what you're saying, but, you know, first off, he... He has to act natural, right? So if he gets a phone call, he can't just be sitting there waiting. You know, he's got to, you know, do what he's got to do. And, you know, he doesn't have a cell phone. 
Oh right. yeah, sure, because it's, it's old. Yeah, so the movie's older. There's no cell phones. Uh, I don't think there's a cell phone used in this entire movie. So when so he needs to be around the house, and you know he he's got to keep himself occupied while he's waiting for this call, and still drive out that way to make it look legit, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets there, he does what he does, and starts looking around. He's like, oh my god, yeah, I, uh, it, this is totally this and that. And um, he's looking around, and then Cyrus and Stuart, they're trying to get his attention, but he's not even hearing them. They're just sitting on a couch with their arms crossed like a uh, Frank. Right. So, and then he turns around, and then the mom shows him the newspaper. And on the front page, it's a picture of him from the funeral earlier. And it, say, it says, uh, local con man, uh, con man haunts cemetery. So Frank goes to confront Miss Reese Jones. Uh, she says the pu- uh, she says that the public has the right to know about it, right? So he goes inside and um, or he goes outside and almost gets hit by a hearse. But uh, before that, he actually bumps into a guy wearing like a Grim, Re- uh, Grim Reaper T-shirt, and that uh, that guy is actually played by Peter Jackson, uh, the director of the movie. So he almost gets hit by a hearse. Actually, I think he does, right? He took, kind of rolls off the hood or something. Yeah. And uh, he keeps walking, but then he turns around and, you know, kind of does a second take. But he notices that Dr. Lucy Linsky is in the passenger seat. So he's just kind of like, wait, what? And then and then you see uh, you see Ray running and it's the ghost of Ray. And then, like, he runs into Frank and, and even knocks him down. And there's a bunch of passerbys. You know, that are like, oh, man, you okay? You know, they they obviously don't see Ray as the ghost. And it's like, oh, you know, they help him up and stuff. And then so so Ray knows that Frank can see him, you know, and is, is trying to talk to him and stuff like that. And uh, but they, they kind of walk off into like an, an alley. So that way they're alone. And Frank explains to Ray about the afterlife, you know, says that, hey, there was this light you were supposed to go to, you know, and Ray didn't want to go. Um, but uh you know, they, they have a little talk there, and Ray asks him for a ride to the funeral. So they get to the funeral, and they're walking past uh, a bunch of graves, and you see a lot of ghosts. And then this drill instructor shows up. Do you know anything about this guy at all? Um, I know he... I know... No, I do not. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the actor is Arlie Ermery. Ermery? Ermey. Ermery? He is... Ermie. Very Ermi, okay. He is very well known for his um, portrayal of a drill instructor in the movie Full Metal Jacket, and he's he's basically playing the exact same character. Uh, and originally, the character was written to be like him, and they were going to get somebody locally, but they couldn't, and they ended up just getting him anyway. So he's playing his character in there, uh, from there, and he, I think, at this point. You know, he he's uh, obviously mad that Frank's there. So we we kind of find out that Frank goes around the cemeteries a lot, obviously. And that's probably where he got Cyrus and Stuart, right, from the cemeteries. Mm-hmm. So um, the drill instructor, he's not happy. He's saying all kinds of things. And did they have a little fight here? Didn't he turn into like a little, um, the, the drill instructor, he turned into a boxer and like punched him or something? Or is that later? Uh, that's later. Yeah, well, he keeps, like, calling him scum and yelling a lot, and that's just kind of the, um, kind of what he's known for, really. Uh, he, he plays a lot of the same type of characters. If he's not, like, some kind of military, um, you know, leader, he he's a cop, so he plays those kind of roles. And then we see Ray sobbing over his own casket. Uh, he gets too close and falls right in. 
Um, they're burying it, and Ray's ghost uh, is stuck in the ground. But uh, the sheriff comes over to talk to uh, to Frank, and apparently, you know, Frank was the last person other than Lucy to have seen him alive. So, you know, kind of a suspect, really. I don't think he really comes out and, you know, says it. But um, he says that it appears to be a heart attack, but the arteries are clean as a whistle. But uh, he says that it's like their hearts are being crushed. So I guess if your heart's crushed, right, the blood isn't getting through the, you know, certain arteries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's yeah, kind of a weird thing. Um, but Ray, again, is stuck in the ground being buried not alive because it's his ghost but it, it's it's kind of weird right that he's actually being uh, that he's kind of stuck in the ground even though he's a he's a ghost um but frank uh you know tells the sheriff hey you know let me pay my respects real quick and and so the sheriff you know, kind of walks off and then frank leans over to pull him out of the ground but the, the sheriff kind of sees you know frank doing this thing looks like he's going for like a handshake or something like that and loses his balance so he's just thinks uh things gonna you know frank's a little weird but uh lucy comes um to ask if frank can contact ray right because she knows that he's a psychic investigator can see ghosts or what have you uh and he kind of doesn't really say anything at first but ray tells him to say hey you know tell her i love her and you know she starts to walk off and then frank says you know he says he loves him so then we cut to her. a oh he's oh <laughs> sorry it's late it is late uh, so we cut to a dinner at a medieval restaurant and, and so we're inside, the three of them are having dinner and there's this trope, you know, I like to throw those out when, when I kind of see them, I don't really look for them, but some are just so obvious. Um, I'm gonna call this a trope and it's not like I see it in every movie that involves ghosts being seen. Um, but when... When somebody's sitting down and they know that a ghost is next to them, they always look the opposite way at first, you know, because she says, oh, uh, you know, is Frank here or Frank? She she tells Frank, is Ray here? And he says, yeah, you know, and then she looks the other way, you know, and he's like sitting on the other side of her. So that's, uh, you know, wanted to point that out. I always think it's funny. So she asks Frank, uh, how can he see Ray but not her? And then he explains, and not in depth or anything, but he says five years ago that he was in a car accident. And sometimes when you have a traumatic experience, uh, it alters your perception. But uh, she asks, where is the 16000 that she had saved? And he blew it on a bad investment, and Frank uh, Frank tells him, or Frank tells her. So, okay, so let me, let me explain that more, because mm-hmm. you kind of jumped around a little bit. But... Uh... Lucy asks Ray to ask, I mean, Lucy asks Frank to ask Ray what he did with the money she saved up. Mm-hmm. And then Ray says, oh, crud, I spent it on a bad investment. But don't tell her that. Uh, I'll think of something. <laughs> and then Frank says to Lucy, uh, yeah, he spent it on a bad investment. And then Ray's like, Frank, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I, I, I really like like the, uh, his character. He's actually uh, a pretty funny guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Frank says that uh, Ray left, and so she kind of tells him that it wasn't really a very good marriage. Um, so he kind of, you know, reaches for her hand in sympathy, and that makes Ray mad. So he kind of swings and hits uh, Frank's wine, and it kind of spills on him. So he goes to the bathroom to clean it off, 
And this man walks in, and then he's got a glowing number 38 on his head. Uh, so, And then we see this ghostly figure for the first time that, that looks like the Grim Reaper this time, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we saw him in the wall and in the ground, and it was just, you know, just kind of a... Kind of a silhouette kind of thing, yeah. So now we actually see it as the Reaper. And he, um, Frank is moving all around the bathroom, you know, in, you know, I guess you can say in a tactical way kind of thing. And the man is scared. He's just like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, so he's trying to rush, his, you know, rush, uh, doing his due and and uh the reaper comes out of the mirror while the guy is like turned around looking at frank uh you know he's so he's washing his hands and then the reaper just reaper the reaper grabs his heart and leaves so the man dies he drops to the ground and his spirit comes out of his body and he goes to the light and the guy's like mom you know then it flows up uh but frank uh, runs out of the restaurant and he sees a figure um on top of the roof and then it cuts to the sheriff's station, um, and then there's there's this officer is talking to the to the sheriff. I, I forget the sheriff's name. Do you have it? Uh, the sheriff, Sheriff Walt Perry. Sheriff Perry was told that Frank was seen leaving the restaurant and uh, l- left the parking lot, and he looked you know really panicked and and scared. Um, and then Lucy is brought in as a material witness. Uh, so it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. And then we see Frank, he's chasing the figure in his car. Um, and at one point he actually crashes. And then, so Lucy is being, um, she's there with the sheriff. And then there's this weird guy, special agent Milton Dammers. Uh, he comes walking in and tells the sheriff that he took the train because he felt bad about the, um, felt bad about the plane, you know, just had a bad vibe about it. But he's avoiding eye contact with Lucy, and she's looking at this guy. It's like, you know, what's up with him? And he's asking what time precisely uh, Frank left. And, you know, she didn't answer. And then he goes, did he use excessive amounts of table salt? And, you know, she doesn't know. And he's like, answer the question. And so Lucy doesn't get, you know, she's not happy with the way he's talking to her. And so she starts yelling at him, and then he runs off. You know, to the bathroom to go throw up, and uh, the sheriff, uh, you know, comes after him, and you know, Milton, or do they call him Dammers? They call him Dammers. So Dammers, you know, he he admits that he has a problem with uh, women yelling. What do you think of this guy, this uh, special agent? I think this guy is a, like a weirdly weird creep. You know, when I first saw him, I thought he kind of he kind of looked like Jim Carrey, and the way he acted was like Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, he's just he's so weird. Yeah, he he uh he definitely has uh kind of a Jim Carrey kind of look. Uh, I don't think that was I don't think that was the intent, but uh he just has the face that kind of looks like him and some of the mannerisms are kind of quirky. Uh, but apparently it's the, it was the actor's, um, decision to make his hair kind of like the, the Hitler style. Um, but this guy, yeah, he, he's super weird. We do find out that he's done like what, almost 20 years of undercover with this, uh, with this type of thing. So this is nothing new to him. Uh, he's probably gone through some things. So, you know, that probably attributes to, as to why he's, uh, super weird, but Dammer gives this, you know, this is where we get some exposition on the backstory of Bannister. So, uh, was it five years ago? Five years ago. Mm-hmm. See, so this number keeps coming up. Five years ago, uh, there was this, um, Frank was having his house made, right? At the time he was married. Right. And what's his wife's name? Uh, 
Sarah, Deborah. Deborah. Okay. So Deborah and him, they were at their house, and it was still being under construction. And there was a what a construction worker there. He yeah. um, had witnessed that they had a dispute uh, about some things. Um, you know, apparently they were going to have this really big garden for Deborah, but uh, Frank instead. Hey everybody, it's uh, it's Peter here. We actually just uh, experienced some technical difficulties, so we actually have to record or uh, re-record a certain part um, in the podcast here. So uh, apologize for that. This is a new program that we're learning, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't run into this again. But where I left off was. Um, uh, she walks outside. There's a big garden over where the basketball court was. Ray says, what a perfectly good basketball court go to waste. Uh, and then the answering machine goes off. It's Mrs. Bradley calling for his help. So Lucy uh, heads over to the Bradley's house. As she runs in, Ray sees the house for what it really is. And you mentioned that it kind of looks like... A uh, monster house? It was a cartoon from like 2008. Yeah, the animation mm -hmm. monster house. So, uh, so she runs inside and she sees Patricia. Uh, she asks her if her mom is the one who's been hurting her. And then um, she sees uh, an urn and Patricia says it's her father's urn. Uh, she says that he killed himself after the killings and that she had to keep it in her room as a reminder. And Lucy tells her to get out of the house because uh, Mrs. Bradley comes back inside. Um, that's how Lucy got into the house in the first place. Mrs. Bradley has stepped out, um, stepped out for a moment. But so Lucy goes inside the closet, and Mrs. Bradley comes uh, just upstairs as Patricia was coming out of her room. And you know she was like, you know, what are you doing in my room? And Lucy said that she thought she had heard a noise, or I'm sorry, um, Patricia thought she had heard a noise. So Lucy is hiding in this closet, and she looks up and she finds the box cutter, right? And it's got um, uh, Frank's initials on it, F B. And so she sneaks out of the house as Ray is coming in, and I'm not sure where he's been, but uh, it cuts to her getting into the car. And then the remains of his ghost gets tossed on onto the car. Yeah, but before that, uh, when she leaves, you see something zoom up on Ray's face, and he looks kind of terrified. Yeah. And then it cuts to you know his uh, sheet body ghost thing. Yeah. Just go out to we're, her we're to car. believe that he ran into in, into the Reaper, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, or something at least. Uh, so Lucy goes to see Frank in jail. And she uh, she tells him that she found the box cutter and that she knows that he didn't do it, you know, that he didn't kill anybody. Uh, but he's giving her the cold shoulder. Um, you know, she kind of calls him out and, and says it's not like he's the only one that's lost somebody. Um, he basically says he doesn't want to hurt her. That's why he's, you know, kind of been mean. Uh, but they share a moment of understanding and they give a hug. Uh, and then Stuart and Cyrus walk in on them. And uh, Cyrus, what does Cyrus say? He says, I don't know, man. It feels kind of wrong. It's kind of like walking, under, walking in on your parents. Yeah, and, th and then he walks out, but then Stuart's still standing there and kind of pauses and like, oh, you know, and, and then walks out. But then uh, Frank, he sees the number 41 on Lucy's forehead. And then the Green Reaper comes in, and then he grabs her. 
you know, uh, his hand goes right into in, into her chest, uh, and she's up against the wall, and she really feels it, right? So she's hurt. And then uh, Stuart and Cyrus come rushing in, and then uh, they take the Reaper out, uh, but then he kills both of them. Uh, Frank and Lucy, they escape from jail. Frank tells her to call the, uh, what is it, the guard over, you know, to, to, to let her out. So as he opens up the door, Frank kicks it, knocks him out, and then they escape. But while they're escaping, they kind of run into Dammers. Who, who, you know, pulls a gun on him. And then she pretends that uh, Frank was taking her hostage, so she was able to go over to uh, Dammers, and then while he wasn't looking, she sprays him with the fire extinguisher, right? And then as they run off, uh, you know, Frank kicks him. <laughs> uh, I think it was kind of kind of a funny scene, but Frank kicks him, but you, you don't see Dammers, but you see the gun pop, you know, pop up from the, um, from the floor. Uh, see and then so they get away for a moment and then you know she told him that she felt something you know she was asking him what it was and then this is where they come out with that idea right for mm-hmm. um yeah i think so he says he uh he needs to have an outer body experience so he pulls up the gun that damer said up to his head he, he you know he's he's about to do it but she comes out of nowhere and says wait i have an idea yeah basically he thinks that the only way to get the reaper is um to kill himself to be a ghost to to do so so they come up with this idea to freeze him so that way this um it lowers his uh body temperature t- body temperature and, and heart, rate. heart rate to a point where he's almost dead it's and she has to revive him later on um at nine o'clock in order uh, to get him back it's kind of like in uh, x-men origins where they lowered what's her name kayla's heart rate to where she was almost dead and uh if you haven't seen that movie i would suggest staying that path okay keep going okay and then uh here's a couple uh what was it called again? Z effects. See, it's been a couple of days since yeah. our first recording, but uh, here's a couple of Z effects right here. Um, this first one, this is uh, the first one I ever kind of read about in this movie, where it kind of relates to Back to the Future. But uh, um, Frank, he is wearing what Marty is wearing from Back to the Future Two. Uh, he's wearing this red T-shirt and jeans, uh, and that's that's the way he looked in that movie. But also, once uh, Frank goes into the uh, the freezer or the refrigerator, Lucy on the outside, she uh, locks him in and then she turns this knob, which is, you know, it looks identical to the, um, to the, to the enormous speaker, you know, in Back to the Future mm-hmm. 1 in the very beginning where he's turning that knob, um, the volume knob or whatever it was, this freezer, it has like an identical knob. Um, so that's uh, a link there. Is that something you read up or something you knew? That one, I, you know, it might be reaching. Uh, I've never seen a side-by-side picture, but I'm when I saw this, uh, again, you know, I didn't read anything prior till, but just knowing that one um, part where he's wearing, like, the red T-shirt and stuff, it made me, you know, when we rewatched this together your first time, I was kind of looking out for some of these things, and mm-hmm. I think they're very interesting. But this one, I'm pretty sure, is kind of a nod to it. It, it looks very close. I mean, even the size and uh, almost the sound it makes. Could be reaching, but um, that's You're your... You're such a nerd. Yeah, this is a bit of a Z effect. And, you know, hey, uh, my love for Back to the Future, I, I'll be gladly called a nerd. You can call me a slacker, too. That's cool. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> so, and then she starts uh, prepping... And then out comes Milton, you know, and he, he basically says, oh, didn't know you had an interest in uh, cryogenics. 
And she says that she's going to be uh, reviving him at 9. I'm not sure what time it is at that point. But uh, he asks her, you know, why would you want to do that? Uh, but then we see Frank's uh, ghost rises, right? And we see the light, but he kind of avoids it. And then he looks for Lucy. Uh, but then it cuts to her being cuffed. Uh, and she is put in the cop car. And they basically take off as Frank walks out. Um kind of weird that Dammers drives with a donut you know what a donut is uh it's something to make your is it cushion yeah it's basically cushion uh, but he's got a, a sensitive butt or something you know so he has to Looks wear that it way. yeah so this, this is another thing that made me think uh he was a lot like Jim Carrey why because like okay so he, he he took it out of nowhere and then he put it down he, he kind of Oh, the way he was acting. Yeah, the way he was acting. Comedic timing kind of thing to make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's really, really weird. And he sees the Grim Reaper going after them. And he floats off and, you know, attempting to stop them. Um, But they keep... Frank, Frank, to be exact. Yes. Uh, Frank and the Grim Reaper, they obviously start fighting, but they keep getting hit by cars. So the Reaper actually gets to, um, he gets away a little bit. But they arrive, they, as in Dammer and, uh, Dammers and Lucy, they arrive to the a cemetery. And he takes off his, his plate, and you see all these scars on his chest. And, you know, um, it looks like he had been tortured, right? And he mm-hmm. says that his body is a roadmap of pain. Um, but Frank um, starts the car. We don't see him, but we see the car being start started, and it's uh, it reverses. Um, Dameris thinks he's moving it with his mind. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, I'm moving it with my mind. Yeah. Yes. Wait. No. Go yeah. back. Because the car is going backwards. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the Reaper arrives, and as uh, Frank is backing out, the drill instructor from earlier pulls Frank out of the car. Uh, and and they start fighting. Well, well, they start arguing. Um, the drill instructor here's his uh, here's the uh, the uh, Z effect as you coined it. He says that uh, his his tour, the, what he's currently serving right now, is going to be for eighty five years, or maybe he. Well, he hasn't been serving for eighty five years, but he drops eighty five years in there, and that's directly from Back to the Future, right there, obviously, nineteen eighty five. Oh, just a little correction. Uh, earlier I said the lawn gnome was named Gonzo. It's actually Budzo. So just uh, sorry for that. All right. Yeah, no problem. We all make mistakes. Not everyone can be perfect. But um, so the drill instructor and Frank are kind of fighting. Drill instructor um, makes these, you know, guns appear, right? These double barrel. Well, it's not double barrel. Well, it's two barrels, one on each side of them, you know, starts shooting uh, the Grim Reaper. Uh, but Frank takes it from him later on because the Reaper kills the instructor, right? Uh-huh. The, the drill instructor. Yeah. And so at this point, um, the Reaper starts to kind of... How, how do you say this? His his uh, robe starts to kind of melt off or whatever. And there's a piece of his face like lying on the tombstone. Frank grabs it and starts slamming it against the tomb. And then it reveals... Johnny, uh, Johnny Bartlett's face. So there's your reveal right there. The the Reaper is Johnny Bartlett this whole time, and he says that he's got me. Well, he I quote got me a score of forty. 
Um, and then all these ghosts start to appear, you know, the guys with uh, numbers and stuff. And one of them says that, uh, goes up to Frank, says that he wants to shake his hand. Uh, apparently he was the last guy that uh, Bartlett killed before... He turned to ghost. He turned into a ghost. Number 12. Uh, well, they all turn into ghosts. What, what no, do you no, mean? No, I'm talking about Johnny. He was the last guy he killed before he turned into a ghost. Oh, oh, Johnny turning yeah. into a ghost. Okay, I got you. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, so, but he escapes, and Frank almost gets him, but is woken up by Lucy. So they revive him, like, right at the, you know, it, this happens all the time, right? Um, oh, he, here's another one. So uh, with with the whole Frank being frozen in the freezer, and they are to revive him at 9, obviously you have to, to do that in order to bring him back, unless, he, uh, you know, unless, um, or else he will die. So this whole thing with being, this is reaching. Um, I was gonna say that they they are kind of working against the clock here, kind of like in Back to the Future, where they are working against the clock. You know, the clock tower is gonna strike, so they got to get all these things in place for it to happen. Mm. I think that's, that's not stretching too bad, but yeah. it is stretching. Well, he gets woken up, and then he says that Bartlett is back and that he's killing again. Uh, so Lucy says, you know, Patricia and Frank tells her to go get her out of the house. So we go back to the Bradleys. Uh, Lucy gets to the house and tells Patricia that she needs to go. Uh, Mrs. Bradley, again, you know, says that uh, Patricia doesn't leave the house. And... Uh, and Lucy says, she says something about the box cutter because I remember... Uh, Mrs. Bradley saying, you've been in my room, and then she goes upstairs. Um, and then uh, Patricia goes after her, and then Lucy kind of stays down there uh, for a little bit, right? And then uh, Patricia comes back down and says, uh, basically, Mrs. Bradley had changed her mind that uh, yeah, that they'll go to the cops. Uh, at this point, Johnny Bartlett shows back up, and, you know, they kind of reveal that... Uh, well, she reveals to Lucy that she knew he was back. And then she asked her if she was cursed or something. Um, but we see Johnny, and he's actually talking to Patricia at the same time. You know, and they're, they're kind of plotting uh, about certain things. And uh, Johnny says that, you know, he wants to up the body count. You know, wants to surpass um, all these other guys that are in the you know record book, basically, for, for uh, past murders. And... Patricia, she kind of like has her hand, you know, like um, caressing his cheek and stuff like that. And Lucy's looking at her like, yeah, you're a freak. What are you doing? You know, she kind of sees something a little off here. But I, I forget what happened. Why why does Lucy go upstairs? Um, oh, she was, uh, Patricia went in the kitchen to go get. Go get a weapon or yeah, something? Yeah, and then okay. oh. she came after Lucy, and then Lucy ran upstairs Okay. to go hide or something like that. Well, she she actually went to go look for uh, Mrs. Bradley. Yeah. But yeah, she goes into the room, and Mrs. Bradley had been killed. Uh, she was in her bed, and this is actually a pretty... Um, graphic scene. Yeah, pretty graphic scene. It, it's brief, but it's pretty graphic. Um, but Patricia comes out shooting... And then this this reminded me of the um, Back to the Future, you know, little Z effect here. Just the, she comes out shooting with a shotgun, and that kind of reminded me of Mr. Uh, Strickland, Mr. Strickland from Part <laughs> Two, uh, and th that might be a little reaching too. 
But um, so Frank's there, and then they find the urn in the in the uh, Patricia, no, Mrs. Bradley's closet, and uh, Frank rubs off the the nameplate, and is actually not uh, Patricia's father after all. It, it's actually Bartlett's ashes. So there's another reveal that the, the urn has been Bartlett this whole time. So she's been in on it. Um, now Patricia, she's played by uh, uh, Dee Wallace. Do you know who this actress is? I do not know. She. Um, she let me see. She was the she was Elliot's mom in E.T. Um, the mom from E.T. Basically, I just, I think so. I haven't seen E.T. in a long time. I just remember about the alien that freaked me out. Yeah, um, but the the director Peter Jackson he wanted her to play this role because you know she's very wholesome looking. You know she's a she has a very sweet face, but her uh, character from E.T. You know. He was like, uh, you know, she, he just didn't believe that, you know, she could uh, do anything bad, right? Mm -hmm. So if you got somebody who's kind of known to, to play, like, evil roles or whatever, they might kind of guess, um, you know, that, that maybe, she, you know, Patricia could have been on it. So having Dee Wallace play Patricia, you would never think that, you know, she was in on it, you know, or that she was even bad because she's always had these, you know, um, good roles. So that's why he chose her to be, uh, to play Patricia. And Frank says that uh, in order to get rid of it, they needed to get it to the other side. And so they go to uh, a chapel. So they get to the chapel. It's in an old abandoned hospital, which actually happens to be the one that uh, Patricia and Johnny Bartlett shot up. Uh, Frank starts to have this um, flashback vision, and he sees he, he is taken back to the to the time where all those killings uh, happened. And Lucy is watching him, and he doesn't even see her. So she's walk she's watching him walk by, looking at things that aren't even there. So he's kind of hallucinating, but having flashbacks at the same time. Right, and so uh, he watches Bartlett, uh, who is an orderly orderly. Um, and he shoot, you know. Well, he watch, He witnesses Bartlett shoot the first victim. So, so what happens is he's walking by the, a doctor with an operating table, and the doctor's like, "Hey, you there? Stop there!" And then he, uh, Johnny, you, uh, you see him. You see his face for the f first time, unghostified to say, and you say, "Guess you're victim number one." And then he pulls out a huge shotgun, starts to spree. Yeah, and after that first shot. He kind of comes back, right? And then Dammers returns. Um, and then Frank, uh, he starts to um, have these visions again. And then he sees the young Patricia walking with a scalpel. So he actually sees her. Uh, he witnesses her um, actually doing this, being a part of it. So, yeah, so, so this actually um, kind of solidifies that she was uh, part of the killings after all. It was just, you know, there were no um, living survivors. Well, is that, can you say living survivors? Because that's kind of like a oxymoron or, is that, yeah, that's, is that's that proper? Is it? Yeah. Okay. you're saying living and survivors and survivors are pretty much living people that are going that are still alive when something when a lot of other people are dying okay well you'd know you're, you're still in school so um there were no survivors left to tell uh that patricia was indeed involved in these killings actually i'm not really sure 
Okay, keep on. Yep. Um, but old Patricia shows up and she shoots him. Yeah, I, th- I find it interesting though that it flashes back and forth because um, Frank reacts to, um, to it both, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, Milton uh, Dammers uh, gets Lucy and is taking her out. Uh, you know, he kind of throws her on the ground and stuff, and um, but then he goes back to Frank and he's under the bed and almost gets caught by Patricia um, and, until. Well, Lucy's stuck in an elevator, but... She, did she escape? She escaped, right? from Not until after Patricia starts shooting, because she gets stuck in the elevator, and then Patricia hears the rattling, yeah. and she comes towards it, and I forget what happens. Right. The elevator go back, goes back down, and then Frank leaves, I think. And this this scene this scene really bothers me, uh, and it, it happens in a lot of movies, but Frank is under the bed. Okay, there are no blankets, you, you know, covering the mattress. To um, so it's not like somebody needs to lift a blanket to see him. But there's nothing covering the guy. Okay, and Patricia is like walking. Um, old Patricia, Patricia, she's walking around the bed. She doesn't see him, you know, and he's reacting to his flashbacks right now too. And so, so you're telling me that Patricia didn't hear him, didn't see him under the bed. It's just, I know it's very little, but that thing right there uh, that happens in movies, it, it really bothers me and it takes me out. Because I'm like, dude, how do you not see them right there? Mm-hmm. But Patricia, yeah, she runs off to the sound of the rattling of the elevator. Um, but Frank, Frank escapes and he gets to the chapel. Um, but he also uh, hears Lucy and finds her that she's stuck in the elevator. Um, he takes the urn from her, and but Dammers kind of gets in his way, stops there. Mm-hmm. Frank is in the chapel, and he what was he doing? He is he's trying to break to... up the break the lock, or he's he's trying to do something. I forget because he sets down like a statue on uh, this thing that the uh, the urn was on, right? And it it sends the urn flying in the air. I, for, I forget what happens, but it, it I know I remember the urn flying through the air. Yeah, so the urn is flying, and then it happens to land in Dammer's hands, you know? And, um, you know, I forget exactly what they're saying, but Dammer's, uh, he, he uh, opens up the urn and, you know, dumps out the ashes. And Frank's like, you know, you don't know what you just did. Um, but he backs up, uh, and Damaris is gonna, uh, is about to shoot him with this Uzi that he pulls out of nowhere. And then he turns around, and I, I guess he sees Patricia coming, or she... No, he, she... he doesn't see her coming, but Frank does, and then he... he oh, no, that's what I'm talking about, book. Frank. Oh, yeah, yeah, Frank, Frank, he notices. Yeah, so... He kind of yeah. makes a double take. Well, what's funny is, like, do you think Damaris saw her? I don't, <laughs> I mean... but it's funny, because uh, I thought about it, and then I thought... Patricia has a flashlight that's shining towards Frank. Right. How could Dammers not see that? It's kind of like with Patricia not seeing Frank under the bed. Yeah. Yeah, that, so, that really bothered me, that part. Yeah, see, so I, I'm just only now thinking about that, too. So, yeah, it's really small. But um, So Frank sees her, and he's facing her. He looks down and notices that there's a hole in the ground. And then he kind of moves, shifts his feet to yeah. see that it's kind of bending up and right. down. Yeah, he sees that the, uh, the the ground is about to, you know, it, it can break apart. And uh, so he drops through the hole at the same time Patricia shoots 
Dammer's in the face. It's it's funny because uh, Dammer's, you can see his face just like widening. Yeah, it's a really cool effect because his head explodes, right? It's a uh-huh. shotgun. So his head explodes and then you could see the... Um, the soul the, like, yeah. right underneath it. But you can still see his actual body. Right, his body's so, still there, but you see the, the, the ghost, uh, his his the spirit of his head. It's like... The head spirit. It's like you're wearing a costume and you take off the mask. You see the actual person underneath. Yeah, so it's like uh, Dammer's, the, um, the weird... The the weirdly ghost, you know, is wearing uh, like a like wearing clothes, you know. So, like, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure people are gonna uh, picture it. Oh uh, yeah, uh, in my notes here, I wrote that uh, Dammers was a bad shot. I don't I remember if he, I think he well he might have gotten uh, uh, Frank a little bit, but with an so. Uzi, you should have been able to like get him real good, you know, where you it's it's fatal. So uh, Frank falls a few stories, and then he has a flashback uh, to the car accident uh, that him and his wife was in. And then he sees that it was actually Patricia and Bartlett uh, that killed his wife and took the box cutter. So he sees them like carving the number 13 into her head. That's so, pretty traumatic. It is. So this is another reveal, too, that it wasn't Mrs. Bradley um, that took... Well, she takes the um, the box cutter... Uh, that way, there's no, there's nothing tying um, Patricia to these uh, murders. But we, you know, in this scene, we see that it was indeed her and Johnny Bartlett. It's a huge reveal there. There's a lot of twists and turns yeah. in this movie. It is, and so, so he gets out of the flashback, and then now Patricia's standing above him, and she's got her shotgun. How right? did she get down so fast? I don't know. Maybe she jumped down another hole in the ground. <laughs> but <laughs> so and here's another trope somebody shoots and they're out of bullets but this particular scene here's a uh, z effect this reminded me of the libyans who were trying to shoot oh, uh yeah. yeah try to shoot marty and they ran out because this click 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 you know basically uh, and that's how patricia is with her shotgun too she like she keeps shooting and they're like nothing's coming out so that reminded me of that um but she fights him and then she strangles frank um with her gun and uh Bar- bartlett uh, his ghost is holding down lucy so that way she can do anything um we didn't mention this earlier but lucy ran to frank after he fell down all those stories so yeah so that's why she's down there yeah. too um let's see but uh patricia she is choosing different weapons and uh, bartlett's basically trying to get her to pick up you know, like uh, bigger knives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Frank's spirit, you know, he was just strangled, you know, by Patricia. So his spirit arrives and yanks her spirit out of her body. And then they go up the uh, the corridor, corridor of light or whatever it's called. Um, but then Bartlett tries to go after them, too. So they're all floating up, you know, towards heaven, basically. Uh, Stuart and Cyrus meet Frank up at the top. Um, after he lets go of Patricia. Yeah, because uh, Bartlett's pulling on her... Um, on the other way mm-hmm. so now frank is up there with the other two and then we see that this um corridor uh, what, what, i don't even know what else to call it a but tunnel. tunnel there you go uh well it turns into this hellish looking thing and it's got like a bunch of snakes and stuff coming out from the sides and it takes them to hell uh but frank sees his wife uh in heaven well okay so what what, what the things kind of do they bit them all over the place all right yeah mm-hmm. and they really took them hell and then um cyrus drops a comment and says uh yep uh one way ticket to hell no waiting no lines yeah um 
But Frank sees his wife, and she tells him that he needs to go back home. And he says that he is home. But I think it was Stuart that tells him, um, you know, that it's not his time yet. The authorities said it wasn't your time yet. Hmm? He says, the authorities said it wasn't your time yet. Okay. Yeah, and so he wakes up, and then he's in Lucy's arms. So, you know, she's happy that, you know, he's alive, and and then they kiss. Uh, Then we cut to... Uh, Frank's house. Uh, there's a crane and it's tearing down his house. And Lucy and Frank, they're having a picnic uh, on the lawn there. Mm-hmm. Which I find kind of weird. But, oh. Well, I don't know. Why, why are you having a picnic while your house is being torn down? Why don't you go to somewhere else? Well, I guess I guess this is to kind of show that you know Frank's moving on, obviously, right? It, we, we, we see they're obviously an item. And and Frank is moving on with his life, so that's why he's tearing down the house. Actually, um, and it's just not tearing it down. I'm sure they're going to rebuild, remodel, and stuff like that, right? So he's moving on with his life, and he's actually going to f- finish things, whereas before he wouldn't. So, you know, he's got, I guess he's got his closure when he got to see his wife. So, um, But they're toasting, and then Lucy, she tells him that she has something to tell him. Uh, we don't ever find out what it is. What do you think it is? Uh, she's pregnant. That's what I think so, too. But I know what it really is. What? It's that she can see. Oh, you think so? I know so. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll stick with the first one. <laughs> um, But so, let's see. They get, they, they kiss, and then, oh. So they kiss, and then they get interrupted by a car pulling up. Z effect. And this is probably the last one. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Yep. I, I Back to the feature one. Marty kisses Jennifer, and her dad pulls up, which stops them. Um, oh, I was thinking the uh, when at the end of part one. Oh, when they're outside, they see the, the car, doc, and then Doc comes up. Well, yeah, there, there's two instances then. And Marty never really gets to uh, finish a full-on kiss, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the sheriff arrives oh, and. Michael. Huh? Poor Michael. Yeah. Uh, the the sheriff arrives and asks Frank if he knows anything about Ouija boards. Do you know what a Ouija board is? Yeah, Ouija boards is uh, a way to talk to spirits, apparently. Yeah. Um, but he is thinking about writing a book and is thinking about co- collaborating with Frank. Uh, Frank tells him um, if he wants to collaborate that he should ask his guardian angel, you know, kind of points behind the sheriff. Sheriff turns around and sees his car. There's you know, no one in there. He kind of chuckles. He's like, hey, you got me. you know. And uh, so the sheriff uh, thinks it's a joke and he drives off. And then we see the ghost of Dammers sitting in the back seat. He's looking sad as they drive off. Uh, Lucy sees him. And, you know, she... What's the comment that she makes? She said, boy, that Dammers sure does look pissed. Yeah, and then uh, Frank, he, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, and then he stops. He's like, well, you know, he turns to look at her. And then she utters uh, what he told her earlier, too. You know, hey, you know, when, when you're in an accident or when you... Traumatic experience, it, it alters your perception. Yes. That's what she wanted to tell him. You Bam! Know, well, okay... All right, all right. I'll give it. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you because I was gonna say, and this is just like going further where we we don't really need to. But I was gonna say, well, has she seen anybody yet in order to tell him? And you know, maybe she has. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I get that. So I get that. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like they've been together for too long. To be pregnant. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a very good point. But we don't know how long it's been. They're obviously an item now, and a, a lot for them. Uh, a lot has happened for him to really come to terms to decide to tear down his house. So that mm-hmm. that must have been some time too. So you know, l- let's say we're both right. Okay, uh, but anyway, she uh, does the thing where you know she takes the blanket, puts it over herself, and chases him around, uh, and the movie ends. Mm-hmm. So, and the song that ends, you know what song that is? Uh, Don't fear the reaper. Yep, it was in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure, uh, Bogus Journey? Journey, I think. I don't remember that because you know the Green Reaper in that movie is a pretty main character. Yeah, uh, Death uh, is a character from Bill and Ted, but uh, or Bogus Journey anyway. I don't think that song was in there. You might be mistaken for something else. Well, they quoted it. I know that much. Because like, don't well, fear the Reaper, and then Death Behind the <laughs> said, "I heard that." Yeah, well, he says it. He they, they just say that line, but ah, but the, the song. I'm pretty sure it wasn't it. Oh well. Yeah, th- that that's gonna be another podcast that we'll we'll definitely do. Um, but yeah, the movie ends. Um, do you have any? Last comments about it? Uh, I just really do like this movie. Uh, you know, did. I didn't. But um, Do? I do. You said did. Do. I do. I do. Yes. I do. I do. But, um, yeah, I really did like this movie. It does hold up for my generation. I could picture watching this movie with friends one day. Um, do, you, do you think this movie dates itself at all? What do you mean by that? Uh, is there anything in the movie that that makes you say, "Oh yeah, this is an old movie"? Uh, I mean, aside from Michael J. Fox looking young, Cyrus. But that's pretty much it. Nothing well, so, else. Cyrus is from the seventies, yeah. but but, but um, else, no. you know, there, there's certain movies where you'll watch it, and then like a, a particular technology you see, you're like, "Oh, pff, this is an old movie because you know it, a computer screen isn't green anymore. You know, it's color." You know what I mean? So, something like that. So is there anything in the movie that dates itself uh, from 96? Yeah, I know that's not that long. It's like 18 years. So um, I know they don't use cell phones, which I actually prefer. I'm not a big fan of movies that use cell phones because it, it just shows. I don't know. I, I, I liked it when things were a little bit simpler in life, really. You know, cell um, phones always. Uh, I think they're all fine. The uh, ghost effects were not even that bad. Yeah, there are actually pretty good effects in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Peter Jackson uh, goes on to to make all these big budget movies with um, you know awesome special effects. So he really knows how to work the camera. That guy, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Elfman. What do you think of that score? Did it did it sound like a Tim Burton movie at all? Or I'd have to hear it again, but I think it could have. It, it sounded very Danny Elfman. However, it didn't sound like a Tim Burton movie. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, so you can you can hear the <coughs> instruments that he likes to use. You know, like um, you know the music uh, being played is like, oh man, that sounds a lot like Danny Elfman, but it wasn't so like Tim Burtony. Um, but the movie, yeah, I I watched this. Let me see, I was about thirteen when this movie came out, so uh, it's just about your age. Um, I'm obviously a big Michael J. Fox fan. Michael J. Fox. That almost didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I obviously wanted to watch it. It was probably also my first Peter Jackson movie, to be honest, um, because just a couple years before, Robert Zemeckis did Forrest Gump, which I was also a big fan of. Um, so that was kind of cool that they collaborated. 
but yeah, this movie I, I used to watch a lot. I don't think I owned it on VHS or anything, but I, uh, I would watch it anytime it came on TV and stuff. What's VHS? You know what it is. This movie, I give it a four and a half. I really enjoy it. I still find it... Um, some of the scenes still kind of creep me out. Like I said uh, during this review, there were a couple of scenes that I was kind of describing. And we have the door. The door's right by me. It was cracked open. And when I was talking about something like my... Uh, I was getting like little goosebumps and I was really scared somebody was going to open up the door and scare me. So I was getting really creeped out during this review. Uh, it's also late at night. It's, oh, it's one in the morning. Holy you know? moly. Yeah, so uh, you didn't give a rating. It's funny you should say 4.5 because I was actually thinking about that too. Yeah. I do give this a 4.5. I really like this movie. Um, this could be my one of my top 10 favorites. And if I keep on watching this like you with Back to the Future, mm-hmm. this could make my all-time favorite. It, there's a chance. All-time favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You like it that much? I do. You, you wouldn't even say a 5 then? Uh, there were just... All right, four four point seventy five. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Wow, mm-hmm. so so you, you liked it uh, that much. Yeah, I really did. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, my my nitpicks are, are very minuscule. Um, that's probably what's uh, preventing it from being a five. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really good. I love it. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the character Dammers, he's really interesting to watch everything he does it's like uh, this actor you know portrays him very very well um and the lucy you know she's not she's whatever you know i don't know if the actress actually really goes on to do anything else um but the the the, the cast you know they they were good i I don't think there's anybody that was miscast uh here's a, a fun trivia the the guy who played judge he is the adopted father of Sean Astin, who goes on to play Sam in the Lord of the Rings, you know the the heavier one. He also played uh, Rudy in the movie Rudy. I haven't seen those movies yet. Okay. I've been planning on watching the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we we own them. You know, we could definitely. Um, I don't know if we, you know we want to do a podcast on it. I um, want to start Star Wars actually first. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get into Star Wars. Um, I don't know about the podcast, but we'll yeah. watch it because uh, I I would like to be a little bit. Um, I'm a big fan of Star Wars, but I'm not like an expert, so I don't want to do that movie and then have people be like, "Dude, you you don't know what the hell you're talking about," you know? Because um, I have I've I've been, I, I finished the Clone Wars series, the mm-hmm. Cartoon Network show, and it got me really interested in Star Wars. So I'm gonna have to start watching that because there's yeah. a lot of little things in there. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm excited for you to watch it. I, I definitely want to go back and rewatch them. It's not ones um, that I grew up watching. Um, I, but you did were, watch it when you were little, right? I watched it when I was little, but I didn't grow up watching it like all the time, mm-hmm. um, which you know could be a sin to some people, you know. But I mean, the people in the household, you know, they weren't big Star Wars fans, so it, it's not something that you know I was watching with people. Um, so, um, but what were we saying right before that one? Before Star Wars, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, so and. <laughs> So, uh, John Aston, who plays the judge... Oh, yeah, you already said that. Yeah, adopted Sean Aston, who was in Lord of the Rings. Elijah Wood was in Lord of the Rings, who made his first appearance in Back to the Future 2. Really? Yeah, he, it was in the future, in Cafe 80s. He was one of the kids who uh, turned on that arcade 
Oh, like, wow. This is like they a baby's young. toy. Yeah, I remember that part. I got it working. You know, and uh, yeah, 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 he's one of the kids. Huh. So it all goes back to Back to the Future. Um, so, yep, uh, lately we, we've been, um, the last couple episodes, we've been playing songs at the end. I think I will continue that. Uh, the, f- the first few episodes didn't have that because I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do yet. I thought about having like a pre-recorded outro music, you know, with some talking on it. So now we, we've decided just to play uh, music at the end of each episode. So what I will do is um, if the song at the end of the movie is an actual song with lyrics or even if it's an old movie that's very uh, like an iconic instrumental, you know, uh, for example, Back to the Future, right? The end of that plays the Back to the Future theme. So I would play that at the end of the episode when we get to it. Uh, but... So if it's nothing that I think people would remember from the movie, then I would probably just play something else that um, kind of relates to the movie, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's what we'll do. Uh, but there is uh, something I would like to do. Uh, a couple of podcasts that uh, I've been listening to lately, uh, one in particular, uh, they do shout-outs. Uh, so I want to take this moment to kind of give them a shout-out because they gave us one, and it's... Uh, 88 miles per hour podcast uh the hosts are sanch and renata it is a 80s podcast where they talk about fashion movies um toys uh tv shows you know things of that nature um but i've hooked up with them you know via twitter and instagram and stuff and uh you know we've talked about uh, we've entertained the idea of uh collaborating in the future so that'd be cool if we can you know get into that but they give us a shout-out, so I definitely want to return the favor. Go check them out. They're a good time. Um, they've done some pretty awesome movies. And uh, Sweep the Leg. Also, without Sweep the Leg, uh, Mike Masunis and Jameson, without them, there would be no Hydrate Level 4, so a shout-out to them. And also, recently, the Three Tard Podcast. <laughs> My, <laughs> that's what they're called. That's an awesome name. Yeah, the Three Tards. Um they are uh, three guys, and they're not a movie podcast, but uh, they talk about it's it's a it's a comedy podcast, and they talk about everything from you know pop culture to politics, and um, you know just so you know they are they use explicit language, so um, you know the younger audience may may not want to listen, so they can get pretty vulgar, and uh, I think they're pretty hilarious. But uh, so if you're into that thing, check them out, Three Tard. Um, now, ways to get a hold of us. Uh, we, we haven't gotten any emails lately, but you can email us at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, both at hlfpodcast. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Podbean. You can download us on any of those three. Um, yeah, the Instagram one, uh, not so active on there. We're posting pictures of our you know upcoming episodes um where uh, i've been posting a bunch of like back to the future related stuff yeah i think it's really cool there, there was one that i posted of uh of the delorean and you know i used a hashtag delorean and the actual uh, delorean company the official uh, instagram account they liked the picture so i thought that was pretty awesome um so i think that's all i got there uh, got for that but we also want to introduce a new segment and it's kind of a work in progress so I'm, I'm not sure if this is what we're going to do every single time but 
is going to be a segment that Phoenix kind of takes over. Um, nothing big or anything, but what are you going to do in this particular episode? In this particular episode, I'm just going to choose three of my top favorite quotes. From the movie. Yeah, from the movie. Either funniest or... Uh, I, don't, I don't want to say inspirational, but uh, things that really got to me. Okay. So my first one is by... Hold on. Okay, and again, this is a work in progress, but I am going to call it the Great Scott Marty quotes. Great Scott Marty! All right, let's hear them. The third one was by the judge. He says to Frank, Give it up, Frank. Death ain't no way to make a living. So that that really came to me because, you know, he his job is to exercise, quote-unquote exercise, ghosts out of a house, and that, and that pays for the bills and all. It's just that death doesn't make a living. It makes... That that just rings in my head. I don't know why. Is it kind of a pun, too, though? Is that I guess, yeah. It's, it's it's a pun, because it's living and living. Yeah. It's two different things in one. I, yeah, it's a pun. But I don't know. It just rings in my head a lot. That's okay. It doesn't have to be like a, you know... An elaborate explanation. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, that's a good one. What's uh, what's your number two? Number two was by the judge again. He says, when a man's jawbone drops off, it's time to reassess the situation. It's funny because he was, he was really serious when he said that, but it was a really funny line that he dropped. Because his jaw yeah, actually his, his li- jaw was, literally yeah. dropped. Yeah. Um, my, fir- my favorite one was by Cyrus. Okay. He said, if I wanted to get shot at every day, I'd move my black... But to Los Angeles, yeah, and that just that that made me laugh really hard. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Funny. Yeah, yeah Chi McBride there. Um, yeah, so it, we're probably not gonna do that every podcast because you know I'm not always gonna have three favorite lines. Yeah, there, there were a couple of other ideas that we threw out too, and um, you know why don't you guys email us uh, and or tweet us or Instagram? Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, what was some of, some of the other ideas that we kicked around? Um, uh, there's one that I threw out that for the older movies, and this one's again, 18 years, you know, it hasn't changed. Um, you know, we think this is pretty timeless, right? It's not very dated. Yeah. So the idea I threw out, if it was an old movie, and a dated one would be a good uh, example of it, but how would you remake this? And or uh, who would you have play in, you know, certain roles? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, uh, I thought that'd be a good one, you know, where Phoenix remakes a movie. Um, what else did we talked about? A reading? Oh, so I was thinking, so the new movies, since the old ones don't have many comments on YouTube, the new movies we would review in the future, uh, we would look at the YouTube comments and the funniest one that's related to the trailer, the movie trailer to be exact, would be red. Were there any, any? Was that pretty much it? That was pretty much it. Yeah. If if you guys have any other suggestions, you know, um, definitely hit us up. Let us know, and you know, we'll we'll see what we can do. We definitely want to make this fun and enjoyable for people to listen. Uh, I went on our Podbean page, and it it's uh, it now shows us. Uh, where some of these people are, are, you know, some of our listeners are downloading from. So shout out to the people in Great Britain. Uh, there, there were some downloads from the Philippines. Um, maybe, maybe pa- uh, Manny Pacquiao might, might have downloaded one of our podcasts. <laughs> maybe the Michael Jackson one. You know. Uh, let me see where else. 
um, you know, all over the states, and not all all over like you know, like in every single state, but you know, there were a couple of the states that popped up. Um, f- funny enough, that uh, Oregon, where we live, uh, was the the number one state in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> so that that may be uh, due to our friends. So uh, shout out to you guys uh, for supporting us. Um, back to the pregnancy or. What's her name? Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing she wanted to sh- show Frank. If any of you have an answer for that, oh, yeah. or anything like that, you know, hit us up on everything else too. Yeah, t- tell us which one of us is right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a- anything else? That's it. Yeah, I think that's all. All right. Well, everyone, uh, thank you for uh, continuing listening to us. For those that subscribe, so and you can do that on iTunes and Podbean and Stitcher. You can subscribe to us there. Um, but yeah, leave us a feedback, um, you know, rate us, review us on iTunes. We, we'd love to see that help, help get our podcast out there, share it on Facebook, like the page too. Um, that's, that's coming really slowly, but I guess, you know, it might be kind of hard to find really. Oh, actually I do got one more thing. WordPress. Uh, if anybody uses WordPress, we are, um, we, we have a page up it is actually formerly another page that I used to have that uh, I, you know, was intending to write reviews on. I only got like four entries that are super old. But we are revamping that for Hydrate Level 4. Phoenix will probably um, mainly be doing most of the, the posting. You know, if um, I know he wants to do one for the uh, X-Men Easter Egg that we've never got around Spider-Man. to. Spider-Man, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, movies that you review or, you know, anything you want to review, you can go ahead and post on there, too. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, WordPress, go in there, look for Hydrate Level 4. Uh, anytime he makes a post, we'll, we'll uh, try to link that to the Facebook page. Um, so, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. But, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Um, next week, um, do you have an idea for a movie next week? Uh, let's see, we're doing comedy, we did horror, let's do... There, there's a, uh, you know, martial arts, there's a sports movies, more sci-fi, more comedy. Throwing some let's ideas do sci-fi. Right you want to do some more sci-fi? Oh, let's do sci-fi. Uh, let me see, sci-fi, the first thing that, well... Aliens. Aliens? Uh, let's hold off on aliens okay. first. Um, I, because you said sci-fi, and this one I've been wanting to do, Inner Space. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, Inner Space, Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, uh, 87, I want to say. But check uh, check that out. Review us when we do it. So, hopefully, we get to do that one next week. The week after, you're going to be gone away at camp, right? Mm-hmm. So, I am possibly going to hook up uh, with somebody and do an episode that week. And, you know, we'll probably do a movie that um, I wouldn't review with you. You know, oh, for yeah. for certain things. So you know, maybe maybe Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. You know, Power you know, Rangers. Well, that's that's not rated R, but that's just a movie you don't want to do. You, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about like movies I oh, wouldn't oh, let, let oh, you yeah, review okay, too. Okay. Like for example, like American Pie. You know, um, that? oh yeah, yeah okay. the teenage rom com. Um, yeah, rom com. It's really raunchy type stuff, but um, none of the American Pie movies I think is. Uh, um, you know, appropriate for you at this at this time. So you know, maybe one of those or something like that. But I'll get with him, and you know, who knows? Maybe one of those uh, other other podcasters uh, might want to hook up, and we could do an episode, a little collaboration. So 
Um, and if everyone wants to stay updated, get on all those uh, social medias. So until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And we're Hydrate Level 4. Yeah.